Well, please take a seat. Um, my name is Lloyd. I'm one of the pastors here. And it's great to welcome you. It's also really great to welcome Carrie with us. Although I think I say that wrong. It's People seem to say Carrie. I say it wrong. How it's spelled, I would say Carrie. But anyway, Carrie, uh, she's a spiritual director in the North Shore. She's been doing that for 15 years. And she's going to be preaching to us from that passage that we just had read. And in terms of trying to get to know you then, um, you're coming in. We're grateful for that. Um, I've been watching the Olympics and um, today's the last day. Um, if I could choose one thing to, to win a golden right now, I've been quite enamoured with sports climbing. Has anyone seen that? The way they race up the walls and they're racing to get up. What would you choose to win a gold at the Olympics? In? Yeah, I would choose dressage, which dressage. is this fancy way to ride a horse with a top hat. Yep, I would choose that. I think it's fabulous. Do you have experience of that? Yeah, it's a, like it's one of those things that I had to let go in my life. Like, that's a dream, but that's going to shift my whole heart as far as the sermon goes. But that's what okay. I would do. Well, we're really glad to have you with us. And Thank I look you. forward to hearing what, what God has put in your heart for us. Thank you, Lloyd. Thank you, Lloyd, for that gracious and fun introduction. It is good to be with you this morning and meet some of the people that I enjoyed getting to know this summer in the contemplative practices class, Richard and Taya. Um, so for some quick public accountability, I will drink grass jelly and make a silent retreat this fall. So that's just between <laughs> us. For those I haven't met, my name is Carrie or Carrie or Carrie. I live on the North Shore with my husband, Jeff, and my son, Jeremy. Alistair invited me to preach this morning, and I'm grateful to bring you some very good news. You probably already know this good news, but it's worth a reminder. If you are worn out, Jesus invites you to rest, to return to him and rest in him. The reason I know I need to hear that good news is that I'm weary, and I don't always go to Jesus for rest. My friends, although amazing, have their own burdens and weariness. So even the most loving of my people can't give me what I need, soul-level rest. Only Jesus can. So let's go to him and pray. Lord Jesus, we are grateful to be together this morning to worship you and listen to your word. Give us the grace to trust your heart and respond to your loving invitation for rest, for our good and your glory. And if your heart this morning echoes the baby's cry that you really need that rest, then I pray that that would be an audible reminder of our deep need. My text this morning, as Taya beautifully read, is from Matthew 28 to 30. Listen again or follow along as I read these, this good news. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. From this passage, I want to say a few words about, one, Jesus' heart, two, our return muscle, and three, rest, as it relates to this loving invitation for us today. When I prayed about what to preach this week, I sensed that God told me, invite them to rest. I'm not usually given such a clear message, but if you hear nothing else of what I say, I believe that I am to let you know that God himself is inviting you to rest. 
This invitation might be pretty good timing as we enter the 17th month of a global health crisis while surviving heat waves and smoke. Or you might be worn out or worn down for other reasons, financial stress, relational grief, physical or mental health issues, or the thousand ways that humans keep hurting each other over power and money. I find in my work as a spiritual director that even the spunkiest, most energetic people, if they are honest, are weary and need the soul level rest that only Jesus can give. To begin with, I want to give you a moment to become aware of your level of exhaustion and invite you to rest with Jesus. We'll start with what I like to call a micro rest. Now, microaggressions are everyday slights and hostilities that are damaging to us and over time wear us down. Micro rests are moments when we return to Jesus for restoration, healing, and over time can sustain our lives. So if you are willing to give a micro rest a try right now, I'll lead you through a fourfold awareness exercise that culminates in a micro rest in Jesus. Sound good? I hope so. So I invite you now to close your eyes and get comfortable, but stay alert and be as honest as you can with yourself as I guide you through this practice. Take a deep breath. And in the presence of Jesus, become aware of the state of your body. What is your physical level of exhaustion? Where do you feel strong, sore, tired? Start at the top of your head and do a scan to the tips of your toes. What is your physical level of exhaustion? I'm gonna give you a moment here. Now, moving to your mental state. What has been filling your mind of late? What are you worrying about? Do you feel mentally sharp or have a bit of brain fog? What is your level of mental fatigue? I'll give you another moment here. Next, how are you emotionally and or relationally are there underlying emotions that are draining your battery or relationships that are wearing you out? Name your present emotions and name the people who are requiring a great deal of your energy right now. In the presence of Jesus, tell him your emotional and relational weariness. And finally, are you soul weary? How are you and God? Pay attention to what you long for spiritually today and note your level of connection and joy and satisfaction in your relationship with Jesus. Are you tired in your spirit? Have you given up or walked away or plateaued because of disappointments or frustration? Take this moment to become aware of how you are.
with God. Keep your eyes closed. Now we are going to practice that micro rest I talked about. Jesus himself invites you in whatever state you find yourself to come to him and rest. So keep your eyes closed. Turn your attention to Jesus. Perhaps imagine yourself with him. Look into his eyes or be held by his strong arms and take a full minute of rest. I'll keep the time and close with amen. Rest in Jesus. Amen. Let's pray again. Jesus, thank you for giving us permission with this invitation to admit we are burdened and tired. Thank you for your loving invitation to us. And thank you for welcoming us into your presence no matter what state we're in. Thank you that we can collapse at your feet or in your arms whenever we need it. Amen. Now maybe that exercise gave you an awareness of how fatigued you really are. I'm guessing that I'm not alone in my weariness. Jesus in, is inviting us all to return to him. So one more time, I'm going to read this passage and just notice what you notice. Come to me, Jesus invites, all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As I read and reread that passage this week, I noticed something that I have never noticed before. Jesus tells us why we come to him and rest. He tells us, for I am gentle and humble in heart. This passage works just fine without that phrase, actually. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me and you will find rest for your souls but it takes the heart out of it, pun intended. Jesus' heart is the center of this passage. It's not only about the way we can learn to work and rest in our lives of faith, which is the way I've always understood it. In fact, I've nearly memorized Peterson's translation of this passage and lived it. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it, and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And that has transformed my relationship with work. But at the heart of this invitation from Jesus is Jesus' own heart. And that profoundly impacts my understanding. This is the only place in the Gospels in which Jesus describes his own heart. This is the only place. Other people describe Jesus in many ways in the Gospels. The crowds in Matthew 7 describe Jesus as one who speaks with authority. And in Matthew 11, Jesus reports how others accuse him of being a glutton and a drunk. People don't really know what to make of him. 
In Matthew 13, the people in Jesus' own hometown recognize his extraordinary wisdom and healing power, but dismiss him as the local homeboy. So lean in when Jesus himself unveils his heart in this intimate invitation. You likely already know that when the scriptures speak of the word heart, it means the central core of one's being. So these descriptors, gentleness, lowliness, are not just niceties. They are the chief organizing principles of Jesus himself. Come to me, says the Christ, because I am gentle and humble at my core. This means that everything Jesus says and does from the incarnation to the resurrection to his present reign is sourced in his gentle and humble heart. Who would have ever imagined that the animating center of all life is one with a heart that beats with gentleness and humility? This is our Philippians 2 God. Jesus is the one who makes himself nothing for us. That's his heart. This is a God who, because of his very heart, is approachable and accessible. He restrains his power in meekness and lowers himself to nothing so that we can draw near. This is not a human construct. Humans would never create a God like this. We would judge a God with a heart like this as soft and weak. But the good news is that the heart of the true God is gentle and lowly intentionally so that we can come to him and be restored. This is a God of wisdom and love and knowledge. He knows that we will become weary. He knows we will suffer when we work like it all depends on us. He knows that our productivity, our proclivity and productivity, but our proclivity to sin will wear us out. So like a good parent or grandparent or auntie or uncle, Jesus gets down on the ground and opens his arms wide for us to come and rest. In the book Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland, he writes, in the one place in the Bible where the Son of God pulls back the veil and lets us peer way down into the core of who he is, we are not told that he is austere and demanding in heart, but that he is gentle and lowly in heart. Listen to the nuanced meanings of these descriptors. Gentle is the same word that's translated meek in other parts of the New Testament, the most recognized being the third beatitude, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Humble means lowly of heart, and it's closer to being destitute or of low birth or low estate. But I will use lowly and humble and humility interchangeably, but note that nuance. So now a few words about meekness. When I was in my early 20s, a friend of mine named Sue Ellen took me to lunch. I was happy to go and enjoy some time with her and talk about the discipleship class we were taking together that summer. Then she dropped the bomb. She said, Carrie, you are not meek. And in my non-meekness, I dismissed it as an awkward interaction. Who does she think she was? Maybe she was jealous. Maybe she was intimidated. What good was meekness anyway? Who's going for meekness? What can meekness get you? Well, looking back, she was onto something. I was not meek. I didn't know who I was, and I was using all my power to try and make something of my life, and from what I can see now as insecurity, 
I was kind of bossy and pushy and grasping for all that I could get from life. I was grabbing for security, I was grabbing for approval, I was grabbing for control, but in my own power. Meekness is not powerlessness. Meekness is power restrained. The beatitude tells us that the meek inherit the earth, not because they are weak and soft and nice, but because they are restraining their power. The meek are not possessed by possessing all earth has to offer. Meekness or gentleness is not weakness. Meekness or gentleness point to the restraint of power for the sake of others. By this definition, my husband Jeff is meek when we play tennis. He could demolish me with his serve alone, but so that we can actually play together and maintain a relationship, <laughs> he restrains his power. Blessed are the meek, for they shall hold back their power to serve others, pun intended. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth, says Jesus. Blessed are the meek. Jesus is meek, and his restraint of power won over the whole earth. He held back his power all the way to the cross for our sake. He laid down his power, his life, to make a way for the whole earth. So what good is meekness? It's cruciform goodness. And this meek and gentle Jesus opens his arms for you again and again to receive you and restore you in his love. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. How do we come to Jesus for this rest? Again, in my work as a spiritual direction, I often speak of the return muscle as it relates to coming back to Jesus. In the great mystery of our relationship with God, this is my best way to describe our part of this relationship. We have agency to return to Jesus. This practice of returning to Jesus is how I would best measure the spiritual life. How practiced or strong is your return muscle? It's a given that we will wander away, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, admits the old hymn, and Jesus knows our proclivity for wandering away. So he himself invites us to return. Come to me, he invites. Seems so simple, yet we seem to have such a hard time coming back. What makes it so hard? Well, there are 10,000 reasons, but I believe that they would all fade. Fear or anger, sloth, pride, hopelessness. They would all fade if we trusted the heart of the one to whom we are returning, if we really knew the heart to whom we are returning. This, meet, this week, I met with a man who was feeling a bit nervous about returning to Jesus in our spiritual direction conversation. So I invited him to begin by imagining the compassion of Jesus for him, even in his nervousness at that moment. Remembering Jesus' compassion, let him open the door, and we found our way to Jesus to pray. It is out of God's compassion for us that Jesus postures himself in this approachable way. Psalm 149, sorry, 145 verse 9 says, The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. And this same God 
invites us in Matthew's Gospel to come to him. For he is compassionate and gentle and humble in heart. He's gentle and humble, not high-strung, not haughty. Now, we might not want to return to an angry parent if we've wandered away, or we might avoid a boss or a professor if we've wandered away from our tasks or our studies. But Jesus' character, his gentleness, his humility, and his compassion is the way that we can trust him to return. So what does returning look like? Sometimes returning looks like a lengthy time of confession and prayer. Sometimes returning looks like the micro-rest that we practiced at the start of this teaching. Sometimes returning looks like finding a friend and getting really honest about your longings for God and asking for prayer. Sometimes it looks like starting a new spiritual discipline. Sometimes it looks like remembering God's story. My favorite returning practice is called breath prayer, in which I say a prayer that gets me back to God in a breath. Abba, I belong to you, is my favorite breath prayer. But after steeping in this passage, this week I'm praying, Jesus, I'm here now to return. I breathe in the name Jesus, Jesus, and I exhale, I'm here now. So simple prayers like, Abba, I belong to you, or Jesus, I am here now. Help me return to Jesus. And this age-old practice of breath prayers can be done at any moment in any place. Jesus is truly only a breath away. How you return is not as important as that you return. Perhaps your presence here this morning or your choice to listen online is your way of returning. And I have more good news for you now. The distance in returning to Jesus isn't like the return from a long journey in which you have to cover the same distance coming back as going. Returning to Jesus is as close as your next thought, as your next breath. It can be as quick as you can imagine Jesus with you or remember the story that you're in. This is not a new idea. Listen to these words of Isaiah from Isaiah 30, verse 15. Thus said the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. In returning and rest, you shall be saved. Returning is our work. Then Jesus does the heavy lifting. He gives us rest. So lastly, a few words about rest. We all need rest and restoration regularly. Our text today opens the way for coming to Jesus at any moment when life's burdens weigh us down and we become exhausted. Rest is Jesus's gift to us. But why do we resist accepting this gift? Sometimes we are not aware of just how soul level weary we are. So taking a few minutes for awareness might help like we did at the beginning of this sermon. However, our resistance to accepting this gift might go a bit deeper. Even if we're aware of our exhaustion, try these on. We are afraid that we're not good enough to deserve rest. We're worried that our work is not done enough to rest. We're afraid that we won't gain approval from others if we rest. We are afraid that we will lose control of our life 
if we rest. So in light of these fears, resting requires that we trust Jesus enough to stop what we're doing and come to him. I believe rest and trust are synonymous. If you want to practice trusting Jesus, rest. And when we come to Jesus for rest, we are trusting him to do what only he can. He's holding back his power in meekness and gets way down to our level so that we can trust him, so that he can love us back to life. Come to Jesus. He will give you soul-level rest. So to close, let's go to Jesus for another micro-rest using my new breath prayer. So again, I invite you to close your eyes and breathe a prayer with me now. Inhale and think the word Jesus, the name Jesus, and exhale. I'm here now. I'll pray through this in three breaths. Jesus, I'm here now. Jesus, I'm here now. Jesus, I'm here now. Thank you, Jesus, that we can return to you because of your heart for us. And we receive this gift of rest by your grace. Give us the grace to return to you again and again as we become aware of our exhaustion. Remind us of your heart. We trust you, Jesus. Amen.